Did you know what it was right when it happened? Or no, did, no. You just you just knew. Yeah. So back then there were no names. Like yeah. it just wasn't really talked about. It'll take over doubt, we gon' make it. Show the world that it's shining our greatness. Keep it real, never gon' fake this. So we make it, so we make it. Taking off land high like a spaceship. Alright, welcome back everybody. This is Danny with Shake the Earth Podcast. This is episode 18, we think. <laughs> I've got a close friend Annette Perkins on today. You're quite the talented person. You've got your bachelor's and master's in health and exercise nutrition. You're kind of like this guru with with Eating healthy, which I need to talk to you afterwards because I need to change <laughs> my, health, <laughs> my health and eating habits. Uh, but you're all about women empowerment, all about helping women understand their value. A lot of that stems from some of the stuff that we're going to go over today, which is recognizing that women have, have a lot of strength, that they also have a lot of trials they have to overcome. You're also kind of a close friend of, of ours and my wife and, and myself. We've been friends for a long time. You have a fascinating story. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to talk a little bit about your education because it kind of sets the tone for the story and the reason I wanted to have you on, which is just incredible to me. Thank you. So I went to Brigham Young University and studied exercise science and I started as a dance major. So I took a lot of dance classes and I... You, you grew up doing that though, right? Yes. Just so, at a young yeah. age, right? Yep. So I grew up dancing um, from a young age. I loved it. Uh, I was also it like played ballet or was it like... Yeah, so okay. I did ballet and jazz. Okay. Mm-hmm. I tried tap, but it wasn't my thing. <laughs> and so I also did some sports and I also, I swam a lot. So I was pretty active and just loved it because it's fun to be active. And then when I kind of started dancing kind of more for my education it felt like there was more pressure on me. It was getting more competitive, right? Yes. It, wasn't, it wasn't as fun. Maybe yes. it wasn't as more fun driven, but it was like competition. And- exactly. It felt really competitive. And in dance, especially ballet, there's also that competition with the way that you look. How old were you when that started becoming more competition based? It was the summer before I began at BYU as a freshman. Okay, so, so you were... 2003. So you were 18? Yeah, okay. I was 18. So that summer I had been on a dance team and loved it. Just loved, I just loved dance and enjoyed it. Uh, We just didn't have a lot of time to eat Mm -hmm. because we were just dancing so much. And I never had an issue with eating at all. And I ate, you know, so that I could have energy. But that summer I realized that eating and dancing kind of had this relationship. And when I started at, at BYU as a freshman, and was felt more competitive in the dance classes, I started to notice that I was um, a little bigger than some of the other girls. And from taking my nutrition classes, I knew what I could do. But because I felt so much shame around this and couldn't talk to anybody about it, I just started kind of eating my feelings. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I had only the healthy food. I bought the healthy food, but my roommates had more junk food. But I knew I wasn't supposed to buy that because of all the education I was receiving. So when I would feel bad, or emotionally distraught and my roommates weren't around, I would actually take some of their food and eat candy or brownies, quick things to grab or cereal. This is while you're studying nutrition. Right. Like, and, and you understand not, not only the physiological, but like the emotional tie to nutrition. Exactly. And so you're kind of creating this moat around yourself where you feel super isolated, right? Because you, you're going against everything you're learning. Exactly. If, and it really was coming from a place of shame because I couldn't tell anybody 
I couldn't deal with my emotions. So I just turned to food. So did, did any of your coaches or any of your staff or trainers, anybody have any idea that this was going on? No. Was it going on with any other women that you were dancing with or people that you were competing with? I'm sure that some of the people in the dance classes and ballet um, had their own eating issues. I mean, it's kind of known. Yeah, it, you kind of have to have a certain mold, a yes. certain body and I didn't type. have it. Because you're tall. Yes, I'm how, taller. How tall are you? Um, I'm almost 5'8". Okay. So I'm taller, which wasn't a huge deal, but I because I was eating my feelings, I was also getting bigger. Yeah. And that was hard to deal with. Finally, I decided that I wanted to declare a different major. And so I went into the RB, which is the dance and fitness building. And I just checked out all the different pages. And I saw one that uh, was exercise, fitness and wellness management program. And for some reason, it just spoke to me. And that day I changed my major um, and declared that major. That was a good stepping point for me to find uh, my kind of athletic self yeah. that I had lost through just dancing. How long did you struggle with the, that kind of eating? And what, what kind of eating disorder was it then? Yeah, so first it started with kind of like emotional and overeating, binge eating. Okay. It was pretty slight, but it was there. Did you know what it was right when it happened? Or no, did you, no. You just you just knew. Yeah. So back then there were no names. Like yeah. it just wasn't really talked about, and so that's why I think I didn't tell anybody. I just felt kind of lost. I'm sure my family noticed. You know that I looked kind of different at each holiday. You know, because you'd go. Oh, she's up bigger. And down she's and smaller. And yeah, 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 yeah. And you just feel uncomfortable in your clothes. Um, it just felt really shameful. So you just kind of keep it under wraps. My sister, who I probably could tell most things to, helped me a lot. She's a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So okay. we wrote letters and that, that did help a little bit that freshman year. So then that summer, I knew that I want to do that dance team again. And I auditioned and got it. And I was on the dance team and I knew that we would dance so much that I wouldn't have time to eat. And so I used that to my advantage to get smaller. And that's where I developed anorexia. Okay. And so for the next several years, I I suffered from anorexia. How like how many years do you think? At least three. So that was in two thousand four. Okay. And then through into my own mission was then when it then shifted to kind of the next section, which was back to disordered eating, but more emotional eating and definitely more binges. You're saying so like Four years, five years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I started, so about 2003 is kind of when the eating issue started. And then the next year was when anorexia developed. And then that shifted into, because I was just so hungry. Yeah. Uh, that shifted into disordered eating habits is kind of what I guess the name is. The clinical name. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for seven years through all of this, um, I had a- amenorrhea. So I, I didn't have my period, which is a great way for the body to show you that you are unhealthy. Something's wrong, Something's with, wrong. with your intake and how you're yeah. pro- not processing. Yeah. I knew you during that time then. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Most people didn't. I mean, I'm a pretty happy, energetic person. You are. You're always, yeah. <laughs> you, you really are. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell if someone's suffering from something really hard and you just don't know. So at any, at any point during that kind of seven year period, did you ever look for help? Or did you realize that, hey, I've got an issue, I've got a problem? So I didn't want to admit it, but when I went home, I think it was in 2004 for Thanksgiving, my mom was like, you are too skinny, Uh, you need to get help. 
And um, I did promise her that I would go see a therapist at Mm -hmm. BYU when I went back. And I went, but, and it kind of helped just to kind of see that I'm not being healthy, but I kind of knew that already. It just felt like I was doing it for my mom. What what kind of thoughts did you have about yourself when you were going to school? You, You had a higher education, you have a master's program, right? I mean, you're smart. And you are learning all these things about the human body and how, you know, how it functions. And then you, and this has got to be a hard question to, to answer, but, and then you're going home and binge eating or you're mm. anorexic and you're starving your body. Right. Like what kind of thoughts are you having? And honestly, it all came from that. My thoughts were negative. I was saying mean things to myself in my head. I wasn't grateful for where I was. And um, all of these kind of negative thoughts is what was leading me to judge myself and everybody else around me. And I was in this really negative cycle. I was calling myself really mean names in my head. And so, of course, my actions were going to be negative and unkind towards myself. So I was just living out all of my thoughts. And I didn't realize that it was all coming from that until later. Yeah. So you get married in what year? Finally, in 2009, I just was in a really bad place. You know, I was coming home and and stealing my roommate's cereal um, because I still wasn't buying the unhealthy foods. I I was making healthy dinners, eating healthy breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But at any moment I could get, I would take food that wasn't mine, which I feel bad about, but um, that was unhealthy because I just had all these emotions that I, I just didn't know how to deal with. So this emotional binge eating was causing me to spiral more downward. And I was using exercise to punish myself. Wow. Yeah. So I was doing so much cardio because everyone knows, I guess, that cardio, it burns so many calories. Burns calories. Yeah. And so it's going to make me smaller and offset all those binge and emotional eating episodes. I, you know, I ran marathons. I did half marathons. Yeah, you're like the the <laughs> pinnacle of everything that I'm not yeah. in terms of fitness. <laughs> and to be honest, I did not like it. And that took me a long time to realize that I don't like running. I don't. I I thought that I had to do it because I was causing so much damage food wise that I need to then that's, offset that's it and punish myself and get out there and just run and do you know the marathons and everything. So in 2009, my sister invited me to go to a group fitness class. And the instru- I, I um, wouldn't go with her, and finally she convinced me. So I went, and the instructor was just amazing. She was inspirational. She was funny. She was strong. I she made was you just, feel good about yes, yourself? Yes. I was just blown away. And so every Saturday I would go to this class and feel more motivated and inspired and it started to help my thoughts like change like no I'm strong I'm not fat you know and like starting to shift my thoughts I guess I didn't recognize that then but then I went on a trip for myself after kind of a tough breakup and I did things I've never done before I was just brave and just tried out different things. Where where was this? This is in Alaska. Okay. Yeah. So I went to Alaska. My sister invited me. I went up there with her and her husband and just, you know, I, like shot a gun and like did all these things I've never done before. All the good things you can do <laughs> yeah. out in the woods. <laughs> right, Danny. <laughs> I don't know. Something kind of clicked. I was like, no, I don't have to keep being mean to myself. I can 
be empowered by the things I choose to do. And that summer is when I decided to just start learning how to love myself again and trust myself again because that trust was gone and I needed to rebuild it. So I took the summer to really focus on myself and just learn how to love myself again and um, turn to, to God more and felt my faith kind of increase and started to learn to love myself again. Were you afraid that you'd relapse? You know, I definitely still did throughout that summer, mm-hmm. but I was able somehow to stop the thoughts from getting to you're a bad person to, oh, you just binge ate or you just used your emotions, you ate your emotions. So I was able to label it yeah. instead of calling myself bad names. It's you kind of separate yeah. yourself from yes. the act and, and to be able to see or at least have a, a level of clarity around the situation. Exactly. Because binge eating doesn't mean you're a bad person. Believing that you're a bad person leads to those actions that you were you struggled with. So how many years in total did you struggle with this? So that started in 2003, and then um, probably till about 2011, I would say, I was finally kind of cured, quote-unquote, yeah. in 2011. And, and you, before we hit record, you said a lot of people think that you can't really be cured of these eating disorders. And you said, no, you can. Yeah. And you can, you can train your body and train your mind. And so I want to talk about that because I, I know that there's somebody listening that is going through this or know somebody that's going through this. And, and most of the time they feel like they're completely helpless and hopeless, but you're here, you're here sharing your story and empowering people because the story after this struggle is, is beautiful. You are now an instructor. You motivate people every day. I see on your social media that you're, you're, you're very active with motivating women. Being able to have the microphone in the position that you are makes you much more impactful because you've gone through it. Yeah. I, I want to know what makes you think that this is something that is not insurmountable and that is conquerable. Yeah, I think that that right there is knowing that there's hope, I mean, that's huge. Knowing that you're, you can use your brain to change your thoughts and change your actions and create a better story. You know, back then, I didn't quite know that, but I knew that if I did something different or tough, like going on that trip and doing new things, I felt this sense of empowerment. And so I kept trying to push myself a little bit and do things that were new or difficult. And it gave me a sense of confidence when I was able to do them. And that confidence then helped my thoughts start to shift to, you can do tough things. I want to step back. When you were a little girl, because I have two girls, you know that. Yes. When you were a little girl, did you have any inclination this would be a struggle that you would face? Absolutely not. Even when you were a teenager? No. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? When you started competing and, and feeling that pressure and anxiety of Yeah, I think kind of that trifecta of living away from my parents and then so much education, new situation at college, and then, you know, boys, it, that is a lot of emotions. Yeah, yeah. And it just hit me because I was in the situation I was in with that competitive feel, and I didn't know what to do about it because I also didn't know what I wanted to do with my education, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because I think I knew deep down that I wasn't going to make it 
as a dancer. And I wonder if that's what kind of stemmed it all. You know, if you just know, okay, this isn't really where you're supposed to be and you don't know how to shift into where, where you're supposed to be, that's a lot of emotions. And so, yeah. and that anxiety manifests itself in different ways and different people, yeah, right? For some, exactly. it might be substance abuse for others. It might be other types of addictions or like in your case, an eating disorder that was developed over years. What do you have like mental exercises or anything that you do regularly or that you did before to kind of help you either remind yourself that you're powerful or remind yourself that this, you have to separate yourself from this. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think one of the big things for me was changing the way I talked to myself mm. and it might, it feels really uncomfortable at first. I remember like looking in the mirror and saying, you know, you're beautiful or I love you or you have like awesome legs. Like the physical legs. act of going to yes. the mirror, going to your bathroom alone yes. and, and literally talking to yourself. I have done that and it it is awkward. (laughs) It it totally is awkward. It is awkward because I'm really hard on myself too, but I've, but I've, I've actually done that. So I'm glad you brought that up because I've, it's hard to be mad at yourself when you say, Hey, you're doing, you're, you're actually doing a good job. Yeah. You're trying really hard. Yeah. And because of those words, I remembered my worth, my divine identity. And that was helping me separate who I was from what I was doing. And I think that separation is so important that our worth is not tied to our actions, that we're already worthy, you know, just how we are. I didn't have to prove anything. And separating that by saying those things, reminding myself that I, I am a child of God, that I am beautiful just the way that I am. It allowed me to then do tough things in my life because I knew it wasn't going to change my worth. And so having those thoughts allowed me to go for things, you know, and I became, you know, a fitness instructor because I was so inspired by that instructor. And you you teach a course, it's, is it Les Mills? Les Mills. Yeah. I teach Les Mills fitness classes at 24 hour fitness. And I've found two companies that, you know, align with what, what I want to do. And that's to, you know, empower men and women through fitness to change their story, to be who they know that they're supposed to be and, and to be brave in what they're doing. So how often would you do that exercise where you'd kind of just remind yourself, I, I'm assuming at the beginning it was more intense, Yes. right? It was probably every few minutes or every couple hours or several times a day. Yeah. At least every, every morning, because I would be so judgmental when I was walking around, um, campus, uh, on, of myself and reflecting that onto other people. And I think when we are kinder to ourselves, when we show ourselves more love and respect, that obviously then leads to better actions for ourselves, healthier actions, and also we can show more love for other people. I think there's a lot of people in pain and they don't know how to deal with it. And so sometimes they deflect that onto other people. And I was doing that, but luckily it was all in my head and just being really judgmental. And so I've seen how I have taken care of my thoughts and my health, how that has actually helped me so much in other relationships because then I can give them that love because I don't feel judgment for them. I don't feel judged by them either. How has being married with a husband and and you have three, mm-hmm. three little kids, how has that changed your perspective? So after that summer in 2009, when I started to love myself and work on that, 
you know, coincidentally, I then met my husband, (laughs) surprise, surprise, when I was able to start to love myself more. I met someone who, you know, loved me too. This is kind of personal, but did you immediately tell him of some of the struggles you were going with or was it something that you kind of held back or was it something that you were, you're like, man, I think I'm getting through the woods and I don't know if I need to bring this up, but exactly. So that, so I held back for a little bit. Um, you know, cause you don't know at the beginning of a relationship how it's kind of going to go, but I could tell from, you know, my now husband that he is the most loving, non-judgmental person and that I felt safe no matter where this relationship was going to go. I felt safe, you know, telling my story. It was really uncomfortable and really scary, but I think that was a great point for me to be able to start to talk about it because like I said, nobody knew about it. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that that's like a super vulnerable moment, right? And you hadn't been really vulnerable up right. to that point with, with a whole lot of people. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I've got to think that that helped you. Oh yeah. It helped me a lot because it gives, it gives a name to it. It gives, you know, it helps you kind of see, like step back from yeah. where you're at and kind of see where you're at. And he just, I mean, he was so great. It was a wonderful, I remember the chat, you know, on my back steps and he was so great. It's just no judgment at all. And I think that helped me the most was that he, he didn't judge me for kind of my past. He saw you. Yeah, he with saw the value exactly. that you were, right? And I know him. He's a great guy, really great guy. How does it affect the way you parent now with, with your little ones? Because you have three. I know you have, are they all girls? So I have two girls, five and three. Okay. And then I have a little baby boy, and okay. he's nine months. And honestly, I am so grateful that I went through those challenges so I can now empower my kids, especially my two girls. Yeah. To, to know that they are loved just the way they are and um, that they can also do tough things. And, you know, that all comes from their thoughts. And I know that I'm a good example because I don't use food as punishment. I don't use exercise as punishment. I don't eat out of shame or emotions. I just eat because food is fuel and it helps me live my best life. And I want them to understand that. You know, food doesn't have any moral value. It's we who are giving food moral value. And then that causes us so much pain. And same with exercise. We think that it's this punishing thing. And instead, if we flipped it around and just, you know, recognize that food is helping us live awesome lives and that exercise gives us these great endorphins that helps us be who we are supposed to be, uh, I think that we would have a lot less issues in this area. I think the thing that stands out the most and and what fascinates me is that you were able to separate yourself from the consequence or the, or the symptom of it. And and I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that. They they think I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict and that's what that's what I am. When in reality it's no you're coping with pain in in a certain way and that's that's the byproduct of it for you to be able to step away. I think more people should, I hope have hope after listening to this, that they can step away and say, no, this isn't the, this isn't me. This is just what I'm struggling with, but that right. doesn't define me. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's exactly what, you know, we all need to remember is that we are amazing humans just the way that we are. And we have, these different struggles and we each have our own story, but we have the choice to stay with that story or to rewrite a better one. And I was luckily, you know, 
given the opportunity to rewrite my story so that I can then help other people rewrite theirs and feel empowered in where they're headed. So today you work as a, as a trainer and you're, do you still think about the struggle or, or do you, do you look at people and say, Hey, that person's probably struggling. And does that ever cause you to take action or try to help those people? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I teach fitness classes and I teach classes that kind of help you pull out that inner athlete. And I feel like when people lift weights or do uh, kind of hit training that I teach, yeah. uh, it's they, high intensity yeah, interval high training. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They feel their potential. And my goal is to, to motivate and inspire them and educate them so that they can use exercise to help them be more confident in all the other trials they're going through outside of the gym. So even though I'm with them for a short amount of time, I hope that they leave feeling more empowered and confident to take on whatever they're getting. Kind of like that one instructor that you went to with your sister. And right? she didn't know it. She had no idea. She had no idea what I was going through. Did you ever talk to her? Or do you? Do oh you yeah, know where I've she told is? her. Oh you yes, have? yes. She's what she said. I would, know, I, would, she, I would think that'd be very impactful. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, you actually really helped me. You know, she's just amazing and, you know, just said thank you. And, you know, we're still friends and she's still out there teaching fitness classes and empowering other men and women to live their best selves. And it's not like we go into the room necessarily saying, I'm going to empower people, yeah. but simply by the way that we think about ourselves we can then help other people think about themselves in a better way. And with fitness, for me, it helped me feel brave and strong. And when I feel those feelings, then I remember that I'm worthy and then I take more positive action. And my kids see that, which is just so awesome. So a couple questions okay. and then we can wrap this up because this is fascinating to me. <laughs> I, I, I never knew this. You know, I had no idea and I've known you for years and years and years. And so for you to have the courage and, and just being brave to come share this is, is incredible. I always try to apply these podcasts to my kids because got, I've got my two little girls and um, I worry about them. You know, I worry about what they're seeing at school and what they're hearing and, and some of the influences that they're going through. And, and I just hope and, and pray that they, they can make the right decisions that will ultimately lead them to, to happiness. But um, what would you say to that girl who was you when you were 18, who is maybe going through what you went through? Like if you could sit across the table to that person, what would you say to them? I would tell them that they are a daughter of God and they have divine potential and are worthy just the way they are. I would also tell them that to take care of their thoughts because their thoughts really do lead to actions and their actions then kind of determine where their destiny is going. And I wish someone had kind of connected that for me, especially at that really vulnerable stage of 18 when you're going to college. Yeah. I would help them, you know, see that maybe activities that help them feel empowered or confident, and that's different for everybody, that they should do more of that. They should go for the audition, they should go for the team, and being brave will help them increase those positive thoughts 
as well. And to see failure as not failure as we all think of it, but as, you know, just gathering that information and trying again. Because from the time that you decided you were going to change, you you still had relapses. You still slipped and you still fell and you you got back up over and over and over again. You've been clear of this for several years, though. How how many years? So I would say since about 2011 is when... Like, I just kind of knew I was done with it when food didn't have power over me, when exercising didn't feel like a chore. And instead, I ate because I wanted to be stronger in my workouts. So the whole thought process was was shifting, right? I was eating well so that I could have more fun in the gym, you know, and do the things that I wanted to do instead of feeling like food owned me. You know, that, that shift happened in about 2011, and when I felt no longer driven by food or exercise. You're eight years, almost seven, eight years, yeah. seven, eight years. I always ask this at the end, what made you think you could do it? You kind of alluded to it throughout, but what made you think ultimately you could do it? And, and maybe that's the piece of advice that you gave to that girl. You know, I had a really awesome childhood. I have a wonderful family. And I think that core belief was always there. I think that's really what... I got me through it, that I knew I could do it. Just simply deciding that I could do it. That you were worth doing it Exactly, too. exactly. That I was, that I was worthy and that I had lots of people who loved me. They just might not have known exactly what was going on because I wasn't telling them. But I felt a lot of love and I just needed to transition that love for myself and relearn who I was. I think that's so important. And I think that's why I'm so grateful I went through what I did is because now I can build that home with my kids where they feel that love and they know that their, you know, kind of performance, what they do out there doesn't change who they are, who I think they are. That if they don't make the team or if, you know, whatever they went for doesn't happen, that it doesn't change how much I love them and how much God loves them and their divine worth. And I think I always knew that deep down. It's just all those emotions got jumbled. And so I'm grateful that I, that I went through it because now I can help my kids. Now you can impact other people Yeah, and you can shake the earth. Yes, exactly. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was Annette uh, Perkins. She is a exercise and health guru. She's a trainer and she's a conqueror. On it, how can they find you? How can people find you online? So if they want to reach out, want to ask questions, where can they find you? So because I have three little children, I'm not on social media as much as I could be, but you can find me at Fitness Perks. At Fitness Perks. Right, on Instagram? On Instagram, yeah. At Fitness Perks. Yep, because my last name is Perkins, yep. and I love what fitness has done for me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you and, for having uh, me. I appreciate you sharing your story. It's, yeah. it's, you got to be super courageous to be able to, to talk about those things. So I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Danny. All right, everybody. That was episode 18 with Annette Perkins. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. Go out and shake the earth.